Now, as you will know, uh, I have a new book out. Well, I say I have. Vincent Company, Treble Triumph with Simon & Schuster, looking back at the season when City did, well, actually, the formidables, the, the quadruple, but it was the treble of the domestic cups and the Premier League title. And on Tameside Radio, which is a radio station that I do some work for, uh, we created a one-hour special, and that featured the voice of Vincent Company, Kevin De Bruyne and Brian Kidd. And this is that programme. So if you missed it on air when it went out, or if you missed the podcast from Tameside Radio, then this is the Forever Blue uh, podcast version. Hope you enjoy it, and here you go. Good afternoon and welcome to Ian Cheeseman Talks. Uh, once again, um, I have a great set of guests, actually, not one guest today, lined up. And this is a pretty special one for me because during the summer I got the opportunity to write a book. I wrote the book with Vincent Company, the former Manchester City captain, and it was uh, about last season when City won the treble, or the quadruple, as some people would say, winning all of the uh, UK or the English trophies that they could possibly win. It's called Treble Triumph. Um, I went out to Holland to meet Vincent Company, who you'll hear from a little bit later on, and also I've spoken to two of the people, Brian Kidd, City, one of City's uh, coaching staff who knows uh, Vincent very well, and Kevin De Bruyne, who we're going to hear from in a second. So this is a, a little bit of a flavour of, of what the book's about, and, and of course a, a rare chance to hear from these people in depth. So later on you'll hear from Vincent Company. You'll also hear from Brian Kidd, former player, former United player, of course, as well, talking about Vincent Company. But first up, here's Kevin De Bruyne, who is a Belgian international, of course, who is a little bit younger than Vincent. So you can imagine that they might have a little bit of a special relationship. Here's my chat with Kevin De Bruyne. So obviously Vinny has told me that he has a special relationship with you. Do you see that the other way around as well? Yeah, I do. Um, well, obviously, I played almost with Vinny for ten years. Obviously, starting with the national team, I was yeah, I came in when I was like seventeen, eighteen, and Vinny was already, you know, one of the main guys in Belgium. And he is like the one who really, yeah, besides the, the club and Siki at the time, who really pushed for me to come to City. So he was calling me couple of times a week uh, when I was in Wolfsburg in the summer waiting for the transfer like when are you coming blah 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 you need to come all that stuff so uh, and obviously it's it's easy to come to a team where you know somebody who can help you and yeah obviously when you're the captain he knows everybody so it's it's easy to adjust and yeah from that time uh, we just moved on I think he says that he's very protective towards you and I don't want to ask you about about what the Belgian press say about you but he says that if ever there's any criticism of you he feels very protective and wants to stand up for you do you sense that do you feel that um I don't I don't really know you know um it's possible he feels that way but in 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 one way I don't feel I like I need to be protected, you know. I, w- I wasn't a child anymore. Um, obviously, in Belgium, it's, it's a little bit different because there's always been like the difference between me and Eden, and the, the press was always playing on that. But that that stopped like three, four years ago. So now it, it's more. But yeah, maybe he felt that way because I was playing with him, or I don't know the reason. To be fair, <laughs> do you feel as if uh, he's a special player? Full stop, Vinny. 
But I think for for Belgium is is really important because um, I think he created a pathway for Belgian players to play in in bigger leagues. Uh, he's one of the first who made a big transfer to another country, and because he did well, the the Belgium market opened. So uh, more players followed, like Fellaini, I think, to Everton, and a, a couple of more. And then people took notice about Belgium players and they say, oh, Belgium got some talent. So now more and more players got the opportunity to, to play in bigger leagues. And yeah, he was one of the main yeah, the main guys who started with that. So he's a little bit, he created something for, for the future players from Belgium. At City, um, especially last season, which is the season that we're looking at, did he? Do you feel he played a big role? Because the number of games he played, a bit like you, I suppose, he had injury problems, wasn't that significant. But do you feel he still played a big role? Yeah, he did. You know, uh, he, he kept everybody on his toes. And uh, obviously, last year, last year was different than the year before. The, the year before, we were ahead all the time. And it's a little bit more relaxing. Last year was like from, from I think, January on. We had to win every time. So... Uh, you need to keep everybody in the in the same direction and probably be behind the scenes uh, he, he does a lot obviously he knows the whole club but it's a big positive uh, for him and um, yeah I think he kept everybody on his toes to to yeah to recognize what they need to do and um, that's it's in the end it's about the team and not individuals and uh, obviously the last two months he played all the games so he contributed in that or too. He's a captain, though, isn't he? Does he fulfil that role off the field as much as on? Yeah, he does. Uh, but probably there's half of it we don't even know or are not aware of because if he talks to somebody else, you you don't even notice maybe. Or if you say something to the trainer's staff or whatever, it's always behind, you know. Uh, Vinny is always a wanderer. He's always around everybody. So it is difficult to know when you're just walk, working here as a player sometimes. I've talked to him about his speeches. Um, he has admitted to me that when things are going badly, he's the one who stands up in the dressing room and makes speeches. Can you remember that happening during the course of the season? And is it true that he does those sort of speeches? Um, it happens once in a while. He doesn't do them too often. Obviously, he do sometimes speeches before a game, but that that's a little different. But it happens a couple of times a year. Obviously, you can't go the season without any problems you know uh, but it's, it's nothing too too big to be fair I think he did two or three maybe during the year and that's about it so he's, he's I mean I, I've always liked you might not know who Churchill is but Churchill was a great in English leader who made these powerful speeches in times of trouble and I've always thought in my mind that that was what Vinny did when things started to go wrong but I don't think you need to say much sometimes I think you have to to I think Vinny is very good with what what he wants to say and how he wants to get it across. And uh, sometimes the speeches are not long, but everybody un understands directly the the yeah the word that he wants to bring over to the people. And I think some, that's what I think that's what he's really good at. So you you're really listening to the speech. You can give a speech of ten minutes, and in the end, everybody's away. But he gives it short, and but it comes across really good. He's always struck me as being a very intelligent person. Is that how he comes across to you? No, I think he is intelligent. Uh, but obviously, I think also to be captain for, for, I don't know, eight, nine years, you also learn, I think, probably the first few years. 
he wouldn't talk the way he talked uh, last year, I guess. But I think that that's a, a growth process you, you get as a player and as being as being a captain. He's very loved by the supporters, and I'm sure you've heard the song. You know, um, City loves you more than you will know, and all that. Does, yeah. Is that something that you're aware of as a player? Uh, yeah, in the end, you are aware of, and uh, you know, I think it's it's lovely the the, the recognition he he got in the end because obviously. It's a big task to give 11 years of your life to to a team, and in the end, it's yeah, it's his biggest part of his life has been here at the football club, and to leave that is always, I guess, a, a, diff, a difficult moment. But uh, I think the way it ended, it, it's been beautiful, and obviously, the the project that he got in on hand now is something different. So I think that's why he wanted to take it. Did you suspect that he would leave at the end of this season? Um. Did he give you any clue? No, he didn't. I, I thought he would play maybe for team, but I, I just think he got the opportunity he got. And I think in his eyes it was an opportunity he couldn't back down for the future also. So um, I think it went really quickly from that, mem- that moment on. So, yeah. I'm, he scored I'm a- that great goal against Leicester. And there's this sort of suggestion that players were shouting to him, don't shoot. Um, was that something that was going through your mind when you saw him with the ball? Well, to be fair, I was in the stand, so uh, I was already nervous. Uh, we just needed to score one goal. I'm very happy he did it, obviously. Uh, but yeah, I, I can guess some people said, said it, yeah. Have you seen him score anything like that in training? No, not at all. Definitely not. <laughs> so there's never. Never. I'm sure he's, he suggested that he could do that and he knew yeah, he could do it. Yeah, no, not really. I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. <laughs> When it came to the last two or three games, he was very emotional. After that Leicester game, we saw him walking around the pitch and he was in tears. Was that something, again, that you were aware of? or? Well, at the, at the moment, I, I think I was aware of it because, obviously, I never saw Vinny that emotional. So there maybe you could have a sense of, like, it's going to be over maybe pretty soon. Uh, but in his mind, I think it was already done at that time. So probably that's why it was so emotional. But nobody know at the time but like if you look back at it you can understand why so in those last few games you said he played in all the games at the end how crucial do you think he was because it's an 11 man game I know that but how crucial was he how would you put that into words yeah he's very crucial because he's a leader but in the end I think the way he he just performed showed that he can still do it at, at this level game after game so I think that's the the main Positive, I think for him, you know, he 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 goes away from here not because uh, he needs to or the level is too high or whatever. He just decided to do something different, knowing that he can still play on a on a good level. And how does that season? Because this is the season that he's talking about in the book. How how does that season rank for you? Oh, it's it's incredible. Obviously, he had some personal problems with injuries. But in the end, you know, if you if you win what we won last year and the year before, it's been an amazing two years, you know. Uh, and when you come here, you want to win trophies, but to win six trophies in, in two years is is a lot. And yeah, in the end, we have seven now, or seven now in four years. So it means we we're doing well, and 
hopefully we can go on. But yeah, to do what we did last year was was difficult. And just to sort of sum up, really, your feelings about Vincent. What if you could, if you were writing something down and you were saying, and I said to you, tell me what your thoughts are on Vincent. What would you say? I think he's a very sm- smart man, passionate man. Uh, Thing he's got still a lot of, of things to, to do in his career. He never sits stills anyway. So, uh, well, I hope he, he does really well. You know, as a coaching job, I told him to keep me me spot in a year or seven when I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> so I already have a second job. But no, no, I hope everything goes well. You know, he did. Uh, he helped me a lot on 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 certain aspects of of life, and I learned different stuff even without them knowing so uh, I think it was a good example for for everybody how to conduct as a man as a player uh, and also with all this charity stuff and also that he does so uh, yeah I suppose off the field then it's, it's as important as a man what he was like as yeah obviously you know people outside the our, our fans are happy when you when you perform but obviously we, we work day in day out with these people so you need to be good human beings because otherwise if, if you're not not nice then in one month uh, it, it clashes between each other so it's like the whole group uh, they're, they're good together and yeah he was one of the guys who set that example from the beginning so then you just have to follow Will you miss him? I will but I, I will still see him around in Belgium uh, I will try to watch a couple of games before the national team or whatever so we're still in contact so for me it's a little bit different I will see them sooner than than the other people I guess and it was the perfect send-off he lifted all the trophies he, he did the speech of course and at the end and dropped the mic yeah uh, did you know he was going to do that no Vinny does maybe he planned it I, I, I don't know but you know he does what he does and that's his moment and just let them enjoy it. That's Kevin De Bruyne, Manchester City's midfielder, talking about Vincent Company. This is Ian Cheeseman Talks on Thameside Radio. Thanks for your company this afternoon. This is a bit of a special one for me because we're talking to Vincent Company a little bit later on about the book Treble Triumph, which I wrote with him in the summer. Next up, you'll hear from Brian Kidd right after this. We are Thameside. Today's Ian Cheeseman Talks is a special one for me because it's uh, reflecting the book Treble Triumph, which I wrote in the summer with Vincent Company, the former Manchester City captain. We've heard from Kevin De Bruyne, one of his teammates and, of course, a fellow Belgian. Now we're going to hear, later, of course, it'll be Vincent himself, but now we're going to hear from Brian Kidd, who's one of the coaching staff down at Manchester City, to give us his verdict on the impact that Vincent Company has made at Manchester City. So to begin with, you know, you, to put it into perspective, you've been in this city working with Manchester United for a while Manchester City all your life you've seen all the best players and you've seen the ones who've influenced things how does Vinny rank how, how, how highly would you rate him well up there you know with these, what you call your great captains um, first of all as a person you know Vinny was a man's man um, and I think I think the great attribute for a captain, he doesn't have to be playing particularly well on the pitch, but he can still influence it, you know, pulling people about, telling people what to do, encouraging them, you know, so there's a good balance within it, between, you know, the soft glove and then it could be hard. And the one thing about Vinny, he was always honest and straight, 
there was no uh, highs and lows with him. Uh, you knew what you got, uh, and when you, when you look back, I was I was I was really fortunate early on in my coaching career. But, but I believe again was two great captains was Brian Robson and Roy Keane. Not just the influence they did on the pitch, but also in the dressing room. You know the great help uh, for for the manager as well, because really your captains you. Your manager's right arm, you know. Can you give me any examples? Because he's given me some of doing speeches and whatnot, where you felt he's made that big difference. Well, I think that was. I think Vinny was blessed with that. It was. It was just so natural, you know, where he could pick it up, and I, I certainly know the boss appreciated that. It just seemed to be, you know, and he was very measured, but and he's. He wasn't the ranter and raver. You could you could feel the passion and, and, and the warmth and the love to the players. It was you know it was, a, it, was, it was excellent you know on that, and he did it many many times. You couldn't pick one instance because people might think it was the big games, you know that you think oh, but it wasn't. It was the ones that matter. You know the ones that you think could you could trip up on. There was always that reminder there. You know, um, it wasn't just lift yourself up for the big games. It was, without being disrespectful, if you think the lesser teams where you was expected to win, he'd be there, which was a great quality again. How good was he as a defender then? Forget the captaincy. How good as a defender is he? Well, I, I always remember Vinny when he came as a midfield player from Hamburg, you know. Um, I came to watch him and then he went back. Um, again, his, um, his positional play and the information he gave to players around him was tops. I mean, it, 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 it just, it's just, it's not being cosmetic. It was all round, you know, as I say, his positional play, um, the information he gave to players around him and everything. It, it, like I say, he was just, he was a born leader. He's always said to me when I've been discussing this book with him that he felt he always had a, right from his early days at Anderlecht, he always had something to prove that because of injuries and because of setbacks that perhaps he's had, that he's always, he always felt he had to prove something. Do you think he, in a way, is putting himself down by saying that? Uh, no, because I think that, that is, that's, again, that's his background, isn't it? You know, where you bite on your gum shield so no I mean it's a thing again but Vinny was one of these people again where you knew if anybody you know doubted Vinny you can bet your life he'd, he'd come back you know he wasn't one of these that he wasn't a you know wilting flower so I think that was a part of his strength that you know he could come back and handle all that that wasn't a problem to him you know, and people might doubt, oh, his injuries, is this, but it wasn't. That Again, that was a great strength of his. You could never get him down. You could never get him down. You must have, at times, seen him in, the, in, in recuperation, in rehabilitation, you know, in, in all that, when he's had injury situations. I, as a journalist, as a, as a spectator, have only really ever seen him once he's recovered and he's back on the pitch. And what you're telling me and what he tells me is, you know, he's always full of life and energy. In those lowest moments, was he the same? Or were the moments that you saw him low? I don't think... I can honestly say, I don't... Even with he, when he picked up his knocks and his injuries, I don't think he ever doubted himself. It wasn't like he had a particular injury. You knew the way, the way he worked behind the scenes. You know, and again, great credit to the medical staff. You know, the sports science, the fitness coaches and the medical people. 
uh, you know, from Manchester City, they did they did a great job with him, and I think there was times where there might be um, a disagreement, but there was always common ground, you know, with the medical staff and Vinny. And I think later on, I think Vinny did then um, wasn't as stubborn, and he started listening a little bit more, you know, to the medical staff and the sports science and his fitness thing. Because let's be honest. The older you get, um, you know, you can't do the same. You can't do the same. But it's hard when you've been like, uh, you know, a Vinnie company, Brian Robson, we had that with Robbo when he was at United. And it's difficult when you've got to say, no, ease up a bit. You know, um, don't leave it on... I had a saying, don't leave it on the training pitch. You know, and then you're ready. You're not a Monday to Friday player. Because when the bell rings on Saturday, that's when you're out there, you know or when the whistle blows, you know, that's when you need it. So during the week, you, you, you know, you can, uh, you, you know, it's measured again. You can do as little as much as you want. And I think towards the end of his last season, uh, or the last couple of seasons, funnily, I think Vinnie bought into that because Vinnie wanted to be out there all the time. And I think the, the, the great help with the boss, um, there was no fear with the boss, you know, that the... He was prepared, you know, again, for Vinny, specifically for the player, not just Vinny, specifically for the player. And I think that worked in Vinny's favour with the boss, that the boss wouldn't say, okay, we can use him there. And as I say, great credit to the medical people and the sports science and the fitness coaches. Looking at these 10 years that he's had here, um, obviously there are other players like David Silva, Sergio Aguero, Yaya Torre that are quite rightly seen as the sort of icons of this era. Is Vincent up there with them? Is he above them? How would you compare him? Vinny's definitely in there. There's no, there's no doubt about that. I mean, you know, the players you've named, I mean, you know, you've got David who, David Silva, blimey, you've got to be talking about David, maybe the best player we've seen at City, you know? And the, the great players, again, the, the goals that Kun scored. You go back to the season again with uh, with Yaya. You know, the massive influence they had, you know, winning things. And again, they, they was leaders. You know, they was leaders. David in a quiet way. But David, you could always tell with David, even David is such a strong character, even though physically he only looks small. David has got magnificent mental mental toughness, mental strength, David Silva. You know, you can see games where you can always give it a David. He'd always want the ball. He might make a mistake, but it reminded me so much of uh, Bobby Charlton, you know, because Bobby Charlton might not be having the best of games, but he'd always want the ball, and that's a trait with David. You never see David... I haven't ever seen David. Uh, so uh, you've, you've certainly got to put the Vinny up because of the job he's done. And you know, in those 10 years, I mean, obviously people won't forget the header he got against United, United in the, yeah. the penultimate yeah. game, the 2012, well, That's right. penultimate yeah. game, but yeah. three games to go. That's right. And he, he did it, I think, against, uh, there was another game where he scored a crucial goal. Yeah. Then he scored the goal against Leicester this year. Well, you couldn't, I mean, it isn't because there was games to go, but I've always said, you know, uh, I'll never see the finish like winning the title like with Sergio. But I mean, that's the closest you're going to get to it. You know, that goal, Vinny and everybody's sort of looking. But like I've said, I don't think any of us will see it again. You know, while we won the league with uh, with Sergio. Um, so, but that is it, close to it again when you look at it. Vinny's told me that he knew he could do that, that in those big moments he could always produce that. And that sometimes some of his teammates 
when he was doing shooting practice and training, would say, what are you shooting for? You're never going to have a shot. And, he's, and, he, and his attitude was always, well, you know, one of these days, I'm going to score one of these goals. And it felt, from what he said to me, that, that, that when he scored that goal against Leicester, it was sort of a, see... No, I'm sure you could do it. I think he'll respect Vinny for that one then because <laughs> I think there was 50 odd thousand of us on the bench didn't see that one coming. You know, so, but it was a super, I don't know when he's, when he's after training, when the lads have it, you know, a little competition with shooting, he's always, again, he's always up there with him, you know. He's not the first one out because he's a defender. I mean, he apparently got the shout off Ilkay, who was the nearest yeah. player to him, don't shoot. Yeah, yeah. And I know that there's been a myth that loads of players did that, but he may have been the only one. Yeah, and and I, I, I think, you know, it gets embellished, doesn't it, really, you know, because it's such a wonderful goal and such, again, a crucial, important goal, as it turned out, didn't it? You know, because uh, Liverpool was on our, on our shirt tails all the time, weren't they? So when you look back now at last season, first of all, how would you put that into perspective of all the great seasons that you've had as a coach and as a player? Where does that season, last season, rank? For again, I think the way the response after Barca and the players after Newcastle, when they went on that unbeaten run, was absolutely phenomenal. And then you've always got, I think you've always got that which it's not dissimilar to the when you're in the Europa League, that you know. You get very little done. You're playing Thursday, Sunday, so you're always playing catch up. And I think that catches a lot of teams out in the Europa League because your preparation goes. So when when we was like winning, or Liverpool had win, we had to win. Then Liverpool had to win. It was such a great season, but the run the lads went on after Newcastle, you know, and what was it? Was it about nine or ten points cleared of us at that time? Mm. And, it, and, and the boss, I remember the boss was saying it wasn't over. And it's all right saying that, but the response, you know, the way the staff went about it to help the boss and, and the players was absolutely, you know, you, you believed it. And I think that was the biggest thing for me, to do that. Was, it was different the season before when basically the league was won in March or something, wasn't it? But that was a real test. For me, that was... A, and I think the great thing as well is... I think when you've won the league once, you come back, and I think after the disappointment of the, the first season, win it the second season, and then you win it again, you know you've got something in your in your squad. And I I always believed the two things I always felt was the togetherness and the spirit in the squad, and I think last season proved that. You know, that, that's when you know you've got some substance for me in the squad. It's that togetherness and spirit. Because spirit will get you results and the togetherness will get you results when things are not going silky smooth with the great technical ability they've got. I mean, it was a treble. It's never yeah. been done before. Yeah. With 98 points. You, 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 just, you just couldn't write it. And the season before that, you just couldn't write it. But to, to get that, and it just shows you that the standard, to be fair, of Liverpool as well. You know, they'd go up on me, they'd win. So, they, I mean, what a great advert for the Premier League. You so, know. To, so to put this into perspective, Vincent, who hadn't been an absolute regular playing no. every game, also had injury problems during the first part of 2019, 
the first couple of months yeah. and then suddenly it comes towards the crunch games where City have got to win every single game yeah. because they know Liverpool are going to win every game they've got to win FA Cup semi-final and final it's all coming thick and fast and looking from the outside we're thinking I'm thinking Vincent Company can't possibly play in every game he can't possibly play twice in a week and yet he did well that's what I've got back to previous you know in the conversation I think Vinny learnt off how little how much he had to do I think because he wanted to be on the training pitch every day as I say you know at, at his age or any player's age at that you know you've got to go play specific in the work you're going to do and I, I would think Vinny himself will admit I think he listened a little bit more to the boss and the medical staff and the fitness people you know and, and Lorenzo you know and uh, and Sam and the medical people. Did he surprise you then that he played all them games? Uh, not really, because I think, you know, at that stage of the season, you're maintaining, you're not training, because you're playing, playing. So there comes a time, as I say, where you're maintaining, you're not training as like people think you bang, bang, you know. So that is the good part of it. I mean, the education the players have got here is superb all around the club, you know. So. It didn't surprise me because I, th I think if you ask Vinny, I think Vinny then, you know, listened to people then, mm. you know, which which is hard when you you want to be there all the time, you know, and I think that certainly helped him through. So did it surprise you when he announced he was going? Yeah, yeah, we got you out. That. Yeah, yeah, very much so at Wembley. Uh, so I you didn't know before that? No, I didn't see that coming. I'll be honest with you, I didn't see that coming. I thought I thought he'd definitely be here for another year. Then he might look at it, you know, because uh, I know I've seen when he's looked at the boss, when the boss is doing his work tactically and everything in the video analysis, he's very, very keen on that. And I know he's certainly learned, learned off the boss on the managerial side and the coaching side. Uh, the analyst as well, he was very keen on. So, uh, yeah, it did surprise me. Um, I thought he'd definitely do another year. And then, you know, maybe have a look at it, you know, 12 months' time. Again, with his age, seeing how he is, his body, with the, you know, the problems he'd had previously. So it did, yeah, I, I didn't see it coming, I'll be honest with you. Alexander Sinchenko said that he didn't have any idea until he did that speech in the dressing room after the cup final. Think, is that when everybody found out? Well, that's when I, yeah, and that was, uh, you know, that was it. And, and then, you know, it, it's... Uh, I think you look at it and... Like the things you've got on with Vinny, but it still shocked you, you know. I definitely thought he'd do another year. Well, you miss him? Oh, without a doubt. I think, again. I mean, human, I, as a human, not I, as well, a footballer. I, well, I just said at the beginning of the thing, the biggest thing with Vinny is, is what he is as a person. Forget football, you know, that, that football's your job and that. And I've always said a football club's about people. A football club's about people. That's when you've got a good club, there's people in the club. And like I said to him, first and foremost, Vinny's a great person forget his football inability because you know when they finish it's what you are as a person that's what you'll be remembered by and as I say he was, uh, he was a super person you know so I'm going to ask you one more question and, and if you want to think about this but is there a story a personal story that you've got of Vincent that we would have never seen or know about a private moment where he's done something nice for you you've done something nice for him Family oriented, is there anything no, like I th that? I think the other thing as well, what he was, was on the charity side with, you know, kids as well. 
the hospital visits and stuff. But again, he wouldn't want that because I think that's a private and personal thing where you want to do that. You know, and you don't want you don't want to be saying it's something you just do under the radar and get on with it. You know, and I think I think there's a lot of people in the club do that, and they don't have to shout it from the rooftop because then you know it's cosmetic. It's, mm. It isn't right. And Vinny done a hell of a lot of that. You know, without broadcasting it and that, and he, he would he wouldn't want to be. You know, look at the what he's done in Manchester, which is close to my, I was stuff. I was yeah. born in Collius. You know, and then all the homeless right away at the end of it. That, that's just one example of what Vinny's about. But from being a Manchester lad and living so close to the city centre where I was born in Colliers, I appreciate that, what it means, because you, you, you've seen that. Mm. You know, when I was in Colliers, and, you know, these, me and my two brothers, you know, uh, two-bedroom house, no, no bathrooms, you know, outside toilets. So you, you can relate, I can relate to it anyway. But again, he, he did that, and it was, it was a magnificent gesture, you know? What he's done for the city in Manchester. That's only one of many. That's Manchester football legend Brian Kidd talking about another legend, Vincent Company. And in a moment or two, you're going to hear from the man himself, Mr. Vincent Company, right here on Teamside Radio. That's after this. I'm Ian Cheeseman, this is Ian Cheeseman Talks. We've got the sport uh, with the G-Man and Ben on the way at two o'clock. But we've got sport in this hour as well. You've already heard from Kevin De Bruyne and from Brian Kidd. And during the summer, I had the great privilege of writing a book uh, with Vincent Company. It's called Treble Triumph. It looks back at Manchester City's success from last season when they won the domestic treble, which of course is the, the Premier League, the FA Cup and the League Cup. They also won the Charity Shield. So some people say that it was a quadruple. But when I sat down with Vincent, I met him in Holland uh, at a hotel where he was training the Anderlecht team, where he's now player coach. And I asked him a very obvious question to begin the conversation as, as to how this book and why it came about and why he wanted to do it. Hope you enjoy this part of the interview. Tell me, in your words, which is a strange thing to ask you to do because of the conversation we're having, why you want to write this book, what it means to you, what you're trying to tell City fans and why you want to reflect on this treble season particularly I think it's a very simple uh, reason um, it's my last season at City and also historic ha- just happens to be a historical season finished in an emphatic way and it's a little bit of a not just a thank you but a little bit of a of a way for me to give an insight into you know what what it was to be to be a part of such an incredible team and incredible era and uh, you know, not, not, nothing more than that. I don't, I'd, I'd love City fans to appreciate it for, for what it is, but as well, I, th- I think, you know, fans from all over the world that just enjoy football and want to know uh, or want to wanna have a little bit of an insight of what it took to get to this point uh, might enjoy, uh, hopefully find it also helpful to read this book. At the start of the season, did you imagine that this season could could be anything like this I mean obviously there was 100 points the previous season a lot of people were writing you off with your injuries did you imagine that the season would unfold as it did yeah I really did I really did especially because I felt the the previous seasons I thought we were uh, the season before we were a little bit unlucky and we were I felt we were still getting better towards the end of the season we finished strongly started strongly it was a really 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 good season but just key moments in 
cup competitions, you know, the Wigan game, the Liverpool game. Um, it just cost us, really. And then we went into the beginning of the pre-season and I was just looking, really. I was just looking. Really, I remember really observing because I remember every time we won the league before um, how poorly we actually prepared for the season after. And it wasn't something that you know, players didn't want to win anymore. It was just something like you, you've just got there's a side in every human being that gives you a sense of comfort when you get to a certain level and that comes mostly after success. And the moment you get into comfort zone, you're bound to fail because the other guys are more hungry, want it more, improving and you get comfortable when that's not never the reason why you became successful. But then we went back into pre-season and, and I remember Pep uh, coming in with a whole bunch of rules and stuff and all of a sudden he, want, he wanted to find people and he never did it he wanted to um, go he never find the people n- no he never we never we, never did it yeah we never we never had a, a fine system before I mean there was threats of it but it was only really for extreme cases and then all of a sudden we come back and we've got all these things that are ready to be implemented and 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 I was really at that point still observing, but I, I thought, you know what, he's. It, what it did is it punished the team before it even gone wrong. <laughs> and and I, in the end, we never implemented it because we we started steamrolling through the season again, and it's like, all right, the, the lads won it again, you know, so it's fine. So we never even implemented the fine system, but I was thinking, yeah, that's. that's um, the manager wanted it, wanting it again. And being wanting it more made a big difference in how it, it reflected on the team. How could you see that around the players? It's just that that hunger, desire. Also, because we had a big squad, you always felt like there was always some new, some other players that still had something to prove. And the str- the strength of our season has always been depending on how big our squad was. How, in reality, we were doubling up on every position with virtually similar um, a level of, of quality and talent just different profiles different bits and bobs and you know everybody had a different period of time in the season where they were uh, stepping up but still fundamentally you couldn't ever point someone out in the team that would make us weaker at any stage and that made us I think naturally combined with the manager's words more prone to be successful again but Although I planned, although I, I did quickly understand that this was going to happen again, uh, I thought we were going to win it 10 points clear and then I never thought Liverpool would be as strong as they were. I never thought so. So in your position, where were you physically at the beginning of the season? I was fine. I mean, I, I just came off the World Cup in it. So I remember getting a phone call when back in Russia and... It was difficult because we had a, a very difficult game against Chelsea, Community Shield, Sarri came in and uh, we all respected Sarri from the work he did for Napoli, he gave us two tough games and we knew that it takes something special to go and beat him at, in the Community Shield and most of us decided to come back early. You came back to England while City were in the States, didn't you? Is that right? Did you train yeah, in England? Yeah, I, I think I must have had seven days holiday or something mm. come back and train them so from the World Cup playing in England seven days come back trained and and got ready for the uh, 
for the community shield. And I just remember being started on the bench and I thought, I'm not going to have come back all this way. <laughs> not come on. Luckily, you're allowed more subs in the community shield and I got to play whatever time, 30 minutes or something. And, and in the end, it was all worth it because we... We lifted the trophy, and that's all I wanted. I said, you know what? It's it's worth giving up your holidays to to lift silverware. Um, um, my wife thought the same, uh, and that was an easy decision. So but we, I, I wasn't the only one doing it. I think the England boys did it as well, and you know, it showed that the team still wanted it. You, you don't make such a big sacrifice after such a long season, um, when unless unless you're confident that the people you do it for deserve it, you know. So you, you were raring to go, but you were very aware of this competition for places. So did you see people like John Stones and Nicholas Otamendi as your rivals for your position? Um, I think it's a healthy rivalry. Uh, in, in a way, it's been an awkward one for me because whenever I've been injured, I've always wanted them to do well. Ultimately, my faith and my career also depends on them doing well. You know, if I come back in a team that's been losing games we, we wouldn't be doing we wouldn't be winning any any silverware you know so i've always had something where i wanted them to do it also we had a especially the season before we had a very very healthy rotation between all center backs we all got to play we all had our bits and moments um so now i was i was really happy for for this to happen obviously when the season started and the manager decided to lock the left back left centre back position and and that made the competition so much so much harder than the season before where the season before it was four centre backs for two positions uh, it turned into three centre backs for one position in my case and that was really you know yeah there was a lot of um, it was it was a lot clearer that the opportunities would be more scarce or, or more you know a lot more depended on I mean for us it was just it was really you couldn't afford to, to, to put one foot wrong uh, yeah and you know a, a bit later it got confirmed I had a, an unbelievable game against Huddersfield everyone did we won 6-0 and then we went to Wolverhampton didn't, played one one all didn't play bad didn't play well uh, team, the team didn't play bad didn't play well and next thing you know I was out with the team for a month or so <laughs> and, and that's how much how much pressure there was. It wasn't about the fact that, you know, I had to be replaced. It's just where we drew. So something must have gone wrong. <laughs> do you think do you think Pat was just purely picking the team and deciding whether you played or John or Nicholas on merit and it was never about squad rotation and it was because ne- a lot of no, the I time think... I was thinking it was because you, you had an injury problem. No, 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 no. I, th- I think, in all honesty, he he is a manager that does think of squad squad rotation, um, balance of his team. I mean, you know, he he's always favoured. He's always been someone that believed in a left-footed centre back on the left side, and that made some sort of a natural selection. That was nothing to do with with you know that's 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 the right of a manager to to choose this. You know. But then, when you got to our position, I did. I did think he used rotation. I did think he, he was thinking of a lot of stuff. I think as well that, and rightly so, he was prioritizing the future by giving Johnstone a lot of valuable time. If if I think about it, maybe I would do the same as him. So I, I really understood what what my position, where my position was shifting towards. 
but I, I always had this feeling in the back of my mind. I know this experience gives you that calmness where you know, well, you know, you, you don't you don't win trophies in in September, you, you know. So just be patient and wait and just work hard, be positive. So I was always positive for the other centre backs, always positive for the rest of the team. I think that also was an important uh, role to have in the team, for, not just for myself, but for everyone to just have all the guys. Not just myself, but Fernandinho, David Silva, you know, who kept showing example when they weren't being picked. Because then, if 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 the key if the, if the ex skill key players behave in the right way when they don't get picked, then that doesn't give anyone else in the team any excuse to behave any differently. That, and that's a that special role for you as captain, isn't it? Yeah, I, well. I felt it was. I felt it was. I, of course. You want to play, and it wasn't really a thing of quality. There was so, there's, by the end of it, the team was such a machine that you know you can never fault the manager. Every decision he made was the right one. You know, such a, because the team was such a machine. You know, you do, we've had spells where people said, you know, it's not going to work because we don't have Kevin. Still won every game. It's not going to work because we don't have Fernandinho. Still won virtually every game. You know, especially towards the end of the season, it's not going to work because we don't have. Vinny Company didn't change anything. That's the strength of Pep. He created a, a machine with interchangeable pieces. And when you have interchangeable pieces, then it makes sure it, it's, it's normal that you're going to put in the pieces that are going to last the longest just because you, you want to you wanna break them in a bit. You're a manager now. How skillful does Pep have to be then to keep everybody on the same page that you are? Well, you, you, you seem quite chilled about the fact that you didn't play every game I think a part of it is you just have to be really good in terms of you know as long as you're good as a coach you know as long as you're good as as, as long as as long as you really you convince everyone that you're constantly better than all the other managers and that you're, you you build a stronger team than all the other teams you naturally get people on board it just Soft softens everything, and that's what he was able to do. So he had a, a lot of pressure to get results, not just because of the fans, not just because of the, the finances and the club and the demands, because also the, the squad demanded results. And he every single time delivered, delivered in terms of getting us ready for the game, giving us the right tools to to be the best team at games, and that's. That, that was that's a strong sign and, and I, I do think he was able to give everyone game time and be a part of this you know sometimes by his own desire and sometimes just because he was forced to and it still never really uh, cost him you know that was that was that's also because he created this machine so what makes him so good I think um, I think the way he's able to communicate, especially tactics, uh, in such a simple and clear way to the players and consistent, consistently deliver uh, in training as well, still very clear and very simple. And, and that's, that's a very difficult skill, you know. Um, Has he done things that have improved you? Definitely. Not just me, every player in the team. I think that's the biggest credit he, 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 will, he will take as a manager. For my, for myself as well. I think maybe two, the two biggest credits, you know, the one is that he's improved players and that players recognise that he's improved them. I don't think there's a bigger gift. That's that's what I would love to hear from players in the future that I've improved them. And the second thing would be 
that is inspired other people to do the same job like me. I don't I can't see what more you can desire from this job, you know. So obviously, you know, you, you the early games, you mentioned a couple of them. Um were there any games where like the the Wolves game where City drew where there was any doubt in your mind or were you always convinced that not because City in the early half of the season did fall slightly behind Liverpool which might have shocked a few people no the, no 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 I remember him asking during the season early on like you know do we still believe we can you know you guys still believe we can be champion and I was the first one to shy so of course we can it's just the, the, the main thing we needed to avoid is to go into self-implosion, into meltdown. And you know, football is a is a, is a sport of emotion, so you can't sometimes stop it unless that's what where what my experience are for helped me a lot. And I hope that I could help it transpire to others. Is just every single time I was stay calm. And to be fair, I knew. As soon, as soon as we lose, Vinny, Vinny's going to get a chance again. <laughs> I, w- I was never hoping for it. I, I never wanted it. But if you look back in history and, and the Pep, I've usually come back in the team when we lost. <laughs> so I wasn't hoping for it, but I knew like, all right, we've lost now. Here we go. <laughs> and then it's, it's all or nothing. If, 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 you, if you don't solve the problem straight away, you're up, you're out and done forever. I knew it. You know, if I if I didn't come in and solve the, or, uh, you never solve the problem individually. But if if you don't appear to solve the problem straight away, if you're not lucky enough to be a part of the winning team as soon as you you back in, then you're out for then you're out for good. And I knew that was that was that was kind of um, my situation in the last few years. You know, but every single time it seemed to get the best out of me. I I, I even enjoyed it. I just felt. More, more calm, more comfortable, <laughs> to the point where by the end I'm taking shots from 30 yards. <laughs> well, that was Vincent Company right here on Tameside Radio. I'm Ian Cheeseman. Thanks very much for listening to the last hour. Treble Triumph is the book. Vincent Company is the man. I'll be back talking to more interesting people or maybe an interesting person same time next week between one and two. Next up, we've got the G-Man and Ben. And don't forget, every single weekday evening between... Eight and nine, I'm here on Tameside Radio with the 80s hour. Can't get rid of me, can they? I'll be back next week, though. Maureen Cheeseman talks. In the meantime, have a good weekend. 